Well, today we are uh, deviating from our normal programming, and that is we are taking a break, and it's kind of in quotations from our series basics. If you've been with us for the last several weeks, you know that we have been journeying through the Sermon on the Mount as we look at what was important to Jesus, or better said, what is important to Jesus. And kind of the phrase that we have hung all of this uh, onto is, if it's important to Jesus... It's important to us. Well, we are going to continue now looking at the life of Jesus, specifically within the Gospel of Mark. Uh, However, this story falls out of the Sermon on the Mount, but you will be interested to know that from Mark's perspective, this story is actually a continuation of what we talked about two weeks ago. And we're specifically going to be looking at children today. I had it programmed for us to talk about something different today, but just really felt God's conviction as we take time to honor our children later on in the service to look at this particular passage of Scripture. Because I think it's a good reminder for our children, but probably even a better reminder for us as we look at Mark 10, 13 through 15. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open up there today at Mark 10, 13. I want to remind you that if you don't have a Bible, we would love to get one into your hands. Um, A good way to get a really good Bible is to look at the lost and found section. I think I saw some leather bound ones there. (laughs) That's a good way to remember that if you left your Bibles, get it, because we might give it away. (laughs) But I encourage you to open up to Mark chapter 10. We're going to be looking at verses 13 through 15 there. So I'm going to go ahead and read it in its entirety, these three verses, and then I want us to dive in and just slowly examine what Jesus is really trying to teach us through his word in Mark 10, 13. It says this, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. Now, if you are bold enough to to underline in your Bibles, this next section would be worth underlining. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So if you didn't know what's happening in this section is Jesus is traveling into the region of Judea. So he crosses the Jordan River and he goes to this region of Judea and he's continuing in his ministry of preaching and teaching and healing and all these wonderful things. And as it is custom in that time, typically if a rabbi came into a town, people would gather around this person in order to hear God's word through them. It was always exciting for a culture that is not like ours in a digital age for new people to come in and give fresh words. So a crowd was beginning to form around Jesus when all of a sudden these parents come and bring these little children to Jesus. What I love here that we can kind of miss a little bit within the English language is 
in the Greek, the word here used for children is pahidion. And pahidion, which we'll put in the screen for you there, is a really general term for children. The gospel writer could have used the word for infants or children, but he uses this general term to not allow us to know if there were infants coming or older children coming. And I think this was important in the minds of Jesus as well as the gospel writer. So all we know is that little children go to Jesus, brought by their parents, and then what happens next? Scripture says that the disciples rebuked them. I mean, can you imagine this sight of these children coming to Jesus and all of a sudden the disciples pushing them away, saying, no, you cannot go to Jesus. What kind of emotion would have this brought to the families trying to bring forth their children to Jesus? Because you see, it's not that the disciples just turned them away, but rather that they were rebuked in doing this. You know, this sounds kind of harsh if you're reading through this passage of Scripture. It sounds difficult to read, or it is difficult to read because it is a sad sight to see children pushed away. But the reality is, is oftentimes we do the same thing within our culture. You know, one of the things that I know if you're a parent, you know what this feels like, is those eyes that oftentimes dart at you when children are around and not behaving the way that maybe that individual would like your kids to behave. Let's face it, right? Kids don't have the same script as us. They're not as mature as us. They don't always understand things the way that we understand them. On my phone, I keep a log of all of the funny things that Theodore says. And uh, a recent one that happened, uh, recent being six months ago, uh, Theodore said this to his mother. Michaela was putting lotion on Theodore, and he said to his mom, why are you putting sour cream on me? (laughs) I find that kind of funny. But in that is the humor of a child's mind, right? Not fully understanding yet the difference between sour cream and a lotion. But so often in our society, we, oft, we, we think of children as better seen but not heard, right? And we typically have this idea that that is the best way for children to behave, to be seen but not to be heard. And maybe growing up, you remember your parents or an authority figure having that expectation on you, that children need to be tight, needy little kids that are always answering perfectly. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. And as wonderful as it is for you to be able to have children who might be better behaved at least than my kids... Oftentimes, it misses the nature and the beauty of that time period in life. So here we see the disciples doing what? 
looking at children as a disruption to Jesus' ministry. See, that's what's actually happening. Jesus' disciples are viewing these kids as a disruption, as a pointless part of the ministry that Jesus is trying to do, as a way of disrupting what Jesus is trying to accomplish. When in fact, how does Jesus respond to this situation? He responds by saying what? When he saw this, meaning when he saw his disciples rebuking the children, he was indignant. You know, that's a fancy word, but it's really a good word to describe how Jesus felt. It wasn't that Jesus just didn't like what the disciples were doing. Or were kind of like, you know, that's not the best way to handle this situation. It wasn't like that. It was rather that Jesus visibly became upset at what the disciples were doing. In fact, the word there in Greek for indignant is used in other portions of Scripture to describe what the Pharisees thought of Jesus. The same Pharisees that wanted Jesus killed were indignant over the person of Jesus. So that just goes and shows you how upset Jesus was at his own disciples for doing what? Pushing the children away. So Jesus not only becomes indignant at what the disciples did in rebuking the children and dismissing them, but he goes and he says this to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Read this last portion with me. Truly I tell you, Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. You know, it's funny because we oftentimes have a quick list in our head of things that do not enter the kingdom of God. And maybe we think of some of those passages that Paul wrote on all of these sins, this list of sins that do not inherit the kingdom of God. But here we have Jesus saying what? That the denial, the rejection, and the attitude against children will actually prevent you from entering the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't heard many people talk about this, or at least talk about this enough. To realize and observe that Jesus was so serious about what was happening before him that he was willing to say that this kind of behavior will not enter the kingdom of God. Because I don't know about you, if you grew up in the church, you've probably heard this story before. And you've probably heard a little story about how Jesus loves all the little children. I love that song. It's a wonderful song. Please continue to sing that song. But we, in some ways, downplay the seriousness that Jesus had around this situation, do we not? 
that Jesus was not only upset, but he was communicating that if we turn children away, that if we are not like children in some ways, that we do not enter the kingdom of God. So then we need to ask ourselves, why is Jesus so concerned and considers this such an important teaching opportunity for those that are around them to say something like let the little children come to me well i think the simple answer there is is that children are what a product of god's creation you know some of us live like we were never once children before Some of us, as parents, oftentimes look at our children and we measure them through the measuring rod of our own lives instead of the life of a five-year-old. And Jesus is reminding us in this moment how that is a violation of how we need to have an attitude and a perspective that honors and loves children. Because why? Because we are God's children. If you think about Jesus' ministry, what was it a ministry of? Coming into this world to redeem us so that we could be called what? His children. Oftentimes, Scripture calls us sons and daughters. That through Jesus, we become a part of God's family a part of his sons and daughters. So when we do the very thing that his ministry is meant to promote, we are in some ways going against the very gospel message of itself, that we are God's children. Therefore, I think it is important for us to not just love children, but to live our lives in such a way that we observe the beautiful qualities that children have. Why did the disciples push away the children? Because they saw them as an inconvenience, as a disruption. But Jesus saw the children as what? As the very types of attitudes and perspectives that help us see God. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the things that has amazed me as a parent is that it is not difficult for my children to have faith in Jesus. Have you ever noticed that you don't really need to work hard as a parent to teach your child about God? That teaching your children about God comes not just easy, but natural to them. Why is that? Well, I believe it's because all of us were designed to ultimately worship him. But that oftentimes what happens in life is our struggles, the things that allow us to kind of carry burdens and baggage and we get beat up. And because of that, our faith is oftentimes rocked. But it is so easy for a child to not just know of God, but to want a relationship with him. You know, in our household... We work pretty hard to make prayer a regular rhythm for our kids. And I pray for my kids that they would come to know Jesus the way that I know Jesus, as my Savior. 
And I believe that they are starting to really understand that more. But one of the things that amazes me, even with my own children, is how quick they are to go to prayer when they're in a time of need. I mean, sometimes when I'm not even thinking of prayer, my son thinks of prayer. Daddy, let's pray to Jesus, he'll say to me. And it's in moments like this that I'm reminded of what children teach us. And that is great dependence upon the Lord. I wrote some thoughts down of what I think children do for us. And I'd like to read some of those to you. That we need to be like children, not because we are ignorant, but because we need to be innocent. It's about trust, humility, and a purity of heart. Children look at the world with eyes untainted by cynicism or pride. They trust readily, love easily, and forgive quickly. Wouldn't you say that all of those things are the character that God wants to form in us? In this fast-paced, ever-changing world, we often burden ourselves with unnecessary complexities. But the invitation from our Lord is clear. To approach Him and His kingdom with the simple, unwavering faith of a child. To lay down our pretenses, our masks, and to stand before Him with an open heart. Children have a wonderful, open-hearted perspective towards life. And that is the very thing that God is calling us to. You see, the reason why I believe that God calls us to be like a child is not to be ignorant like a child, but to have innocence, to have purity, To not allow the wounds and the scars of this life to taint us from the beautiful purity that comes from simple faith with the Father. Chances are, if you're older than the age of, let's just say, 15, you have had, you've collected some scars in life. Some scars that make it difficult at times For you to have a simple faith with the Father. Don't be afraid to pray to God and to ask Him, Lord, help me to be like a child in this area. Help me to have the innocence of heart to just trust you like my daddy. To see you as my Abba, which is the Hebrew term for daddy. Not just father, but daddy. I believe that Jesus loves children and wants children to gather in front of him to be able to show that message to others. And it's why as a church we have taken it time to be serious about the children here. Why? Because all of us are meant to be God's children. I'll say that again. All of us are meant to be God's children. I like this quote from the Bible commentator R. Allen Cole. He writes this, To welcome children in the name of Jesus is to welcome Jesus himself. 
We need to recognize that part of the mission of God is to disciple and raise our children well. I don't want to get too apocalyptic, but it is true that the world around us is living in such a way where families are so often broken. And as a result of that, who oftentimes is left the most vulnerable? Our children. And I believe, unfortunately, because of this, Satan is very pleased at these results. And we as a church have the great privilege of discipling children. I'm so happy that our church is growing. And it is growing, if you didn't know. We still have plenty of seats to fill. And I believe that we are going to continue to fill the seats here. But we're not going to just fill them with people that maybe look our age. But I want to fill them with people that are children. Whether childlike in heart or childlike in age. Why? Because we are taking seriously as a church our desire to love on children and disciple children. One of the great stories for our church comes from a man named Carol Berkey. I've only had the chance to meet that man once before he went to go be with the Lord. But he's the kind of guy that stories just oftentimes are brought up about, do you remember when he did this? Do you remember when he did that? One of the great legacies he left us for a church was not only helping us pay off this building, but was this cute little box that we point to once a month. What Carol wanted to do is he wanted to provide a way for our kids to be able to go to camp. And long past his passing from this earth, we continue to encourage people to give to this little box. And just this last summer, we were able to help all the families in our church that wanted to send children to Rocky Mountain Mennonite Camp to help alleviate some of the costs there. We didn't have to do that, but we wanted to do that. Why? Because we believe the next generation matters to Jesus, so it matters to us. For that reason, we are going to be taking some time today to love the little children, to recognize them. And they're going to be coming up here in a minute or two from now. And I want us during this time, I want you during this time, to really make them feel loved when they're up on the stage, to clap when it's a good time to clap, but maybe to even pray. Pray in your mind, pray in your heart for each one of the children here. Because I'm so happy that our church is growing in, with children as well. And we have a lot of kids to celebrate. But here's the thing, church family. We are not like other churches. And let me phrase this again, because I don't want to beat up other churches. Let me say it this way. We are a church that will take discipleship seriously. And we're going to take our children seriously here in this church, and we're going to continue to take them seriously. So if you're just coming on Sunday to get a good message, I'm grateful that you trust us with that. But here's the thing, it's not enough. 
We're calling each of you to be disciples and to be disciple makers, which means that your spiritual journey here at peace is more than just about yourself. It's about these little ones right here in the room with us today, about loving on them, praying for them, thinking about, hey, maybe I need to sign up for children's ministry or nursery ministry, or maybe I need to figure out how to just be a blessing to the multi-generations that exist within this church. Just like we talked about two weeks ago when we were speaking on marriage, we want to be so about marriage that when people are suffering struggles within their own relationships, that they can trust us to lock arms with them. We want every family in this church to trust us to lock arms with them. We want you to be extended family, extended fathers and mothers, grandfathers and uncles to the kids here. Why? Because if Jesus was about children, so are we. Because we are all meant to be God's children. Amen? Can we as a church continue to steward these little ones? I think we can, and I think God is calling us to them. Now I'm going to go ahead and just take a moment to pray in close of this message, and then we're going to take some time to honor some of our kiddos today. So if you would, and kids, if you would, could you bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we pray? Father, we thank you so much for our children. We thank you, Lord, that even within your ministry, with all of the things that you came to accomplish, that you took time to love and to honor kids. Help all of us, Lord, whether we are more advanced in our years or whether we're on this younger side of life. To be able to be childlike in our faith. To laugh in the ways that you call us to laugh. To not allow cynicism and just the darkness of this world to taint the optimism, the hope, and the love that we are to have in you. Father, we are going to be praying for these little kids. And Lord, I just pray that you continue to keep them and guide them. In Jesus' name, amen.